This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. How fun. Today we get to dig into the fourth chapter, which again would be the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, which is Dalet. So it is the Dalet chapter. And we might recall from studying the 119th Psalm that that has to do with the humble servant um, in so many different ways. But it is also the beloved. And of course, the name David is the Dalet, Vav Dalet. And we're going to get into some of the other aspects of Dalit as we talk about these verses, no doubt, a lot of the aspects of Dalit. So the first verse uh, in English reads, and oh boy, is it fun. Um, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove eyes. Within thy locks thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Mount Gilead. And wow, 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 it's it's remarkable how much Rashi and and Matthew Henry wrote about this verse with whole lots of insight that I think are you know worth digging into and one of the things I just want to point out that from the beginning that if we are in fact right espoused to Jesus and we're his beloved and we will be his bride <laughs> you know we reflect him in so many ways and so as we reflect him of course we're beautiful beautiful or thou art fair thou art fair and, and what a neat thing is we reflect Christ, that we have that light, right? And that we are fair, fair. And I, I love how uh, Matthew Henry pointed that out, that then um, the, the chapter goes into seven different aspects of how we are fair, describing seven different attributes, uh, the first of which is going to be the eyes. And the second of which is going to be the hair. And we have many to look forward to. But he, uh, Matthew Henry, commented, and I couldn't agree with him more, that this relates to Revelations uh, 4, where we see the seven spirits of God. And so, of course, if we reflect Christ, we would reflect his sevenfold anointing that is in Isaiah 11. As we went through so many of these in the uh, 119th Psalm, as they just connect to so much in so many different ways that reflect Jesus. And so those anointings uh, are wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord, and delight in the fear of the Lord. So the first two that we're going to talk about when we talk about eyes are, you know, wisdom in so many different ways when you think about wisdom. That, you know, if we could have God's eyes, it would give us tremendous wisdom. Um, when you ha- when you see a concept, that's that's like wisdom, and so eyes are connected to that. And notice what kind of eyes that we are given here, or <laughs> we're described as having doves' eyes, and doves' eyes, as we talked about in the first chapter, as as this is a repeat. The first few lines are exactly the same as we see in the first chapter, that the dove is completely loyal to its mate. And that is who it's, I've only got eyes for you. And and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But a dove is from a standpoint of the doll. It is also a very humble bird. It unfortunately, or I don't know, maybe fortunately, it falls victim to a lot of different things. And being a dove hunter myself, I've appreciated the bird. And, and I know that may be hard to understand, but people that hunt an animal have appreciation for it. And I can tell you that these birds are spectacular in lots of ways. But one thing for sure any dove hunter will tell you is they're very quiet before their shearers, just like a sheep. 
and they they literally offer their neck um, when it comes time to slay them. And it's a remarkable thing that they're giving up their life for your life. And that's all about being the beloved, right? Is giving up our life. Those who will lose our life will gain it, right? And so sheep and doves definitely have that attribute and, and, and are looking for ways, when you think about their eyes, they're looking for ways to give up their life so that you can have life. And, you know, they're, they obviously have been giving up their lives, dove heads, you know, for all sorts of animals and man for many, many, many generations, I mean forever. So a spectacular thing that is described by these dove eyes when you think about that. <laughs> I think it's spectacular. Then, fortunately, in the first verse, we get a second attribute, right? And this is a new one for us. And it says, thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Mount Gilead. Well, there's just a whole mouthful of things to consider here. And, and Rashi points this out um, beautifully, that Gilead is where Jacob's kids uh, and he went when they were uh, running away from Laban. You might remember all the shenanigans where, you know, he was mistreated by Laban and the wrong wages and all these different things. And there came a time when he just had to get out of Dodge and he was coming back into Israel. And that's where he, he descended on Mount Gilead when Laban overcame him. And there God, if you remember, protected him in mighty ways. And it was an orderly, um, which is very key to the idea here. It was an orderly descent because flock of goats you know, it's really cool. In, in Proverbs 30, I think it's verse 31, Solomon apparently had a whole lot that he liked goats because there he said that, you know, that was one of the three things that walks stately or a lion, right? And a he-goat is, is listed among those things and a king, right, uh, uh, out there in front of his people. And the idea here is very much orderly when it comes to hair, okay? That, that what makes hair beautiful is when it's all in order and neat, and, and that has a lot to do with the idea of what's coming down this mountain. And then, interestingly, both the word Gilead and the word that is translated appear here, both start with a gimel and a lamed. And that is the idea of a ring or, or, a, or a wheel. And so when you think about it, these are locks um, of hair that are obviously, in my opinion, wavy. And, and I can relate to this because I have wavy hair and my wife will tell you that my hair never seems like it's out of place because the waves stick it together. Well, what that recreates is an orderly appearance, right? That it's not a disheveled person whose hair is all over the place and that and has everything to do with the church. And Matthew Henry points out that, you know, he knows every single hair on your head and it's all in order. And when he's looking at hair and when you think about a beautiful woman often their hair is just spectacularly combed and treated and in all in the right order, which gets to the idea of that is um, Rashi goes on and on and on about this word that is translated veil in the King James Version. It's translated um, by a lot of different things in a lot of different translations, but the way it says is thou, thy eyes within thy locks. Excuse me, the word locks is what they use in uh, the King James Version, Rashi felt like it was a ribbon. And I would go with what Rashi's thinking or some type of a yoke that the word that is used for locks here or the word veil is, is maybe in your translation, 
is a zaddy and and then a mem and the idea of those two letters is a yoke and so that hair is yoked again to make it orderly well what's it yoked to and i thought about that is is this church all these different hairs of the head of the church are coming down orderly and they're yoked to christ i I think this is the picture that that we're seeing but again one of the if you go back up to what matthew henry had talked about you know where's the understanding there you know, and, and because the first eyes were wisdom and then our hair would be understanding. Well, I think, and, and as I've thought about this, that when you understand what the church is about, it's orderly, right? It's, it's everything in its place and everything the way it's supposed to go, right? That the, you know, the people aren't, you know, out of order or disheveled. And, and, and of course, Paul makes reference to that you know, throughout the books of Corinthians and, and that the idea of if this is an orderly procession and what really is cool about that when you add the idea of these wheels in orderly, okay? Wheels have to do with freedom. And when you think of the last verse in the Dalit section of the 119th Psalm, it, it was like, I will run in the path of thy commandments when thou enlargest my heart. Well, that's freedom right there. It's freedom, but it's freedom that's yoked Christ in his commandments, right? He's going to run with all he's got. He's totally free, but he's yoked within those commandments. And there you see, to, to me, a picture of this hair, right, that is yoked. You know, there's lots and lots and lots of them, too many for us to count, but God knows every single one. And it's all yoked right there, but totally free-flowing in these beautiful waves of this woman's hair. And so as we see this picture, you know, what does that look like for you, right? And and I often, you know, love, love, love that, that I'm yoked to Christ, like when I teach my special needs class. So, you know, recently I've, I've talked about we've been doing vacation Bible school. Well, it was so spectacular that I was yoked to some extent because here's the curriculum that the church wants me to use, which happened to have to do with David and a lot of different things. But by the same token, I had total freedom. I could run with that in any direction I wanted to go because God had enlarged my heart to understand so much of the passage that I was using, right? (laughs) We're using the passages from King David's anointing. And, And what God has given me over the years in understanding what happened there with his brothers and Samuel is just spectacular picture that he's painting of Jesus. And I could see that so clearly that, you know, again, his brothers would despise him and he would be the stone the builders rejected. And, 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 you know, in so many different cool ways, I could run, right? Because I understood the passage that was there as, as, you know, of course, I'm far from understanding this, and I know a lot of what I'm talking about may sound like I'm reaching, and, and I know I have much, much, much to learn. Don't get me wrong. But still, what he has taught me lets my mind just run a 1,000 miles an hour with making the connections to all the different passages that he's taught me over the years. And again, you know, somebody could come along and say, Robbie, you're wrong here, here, and then that's fine, and I may be, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come at this from just going, it's really, really fun to run with the scripture that you know right? And stuff that God has been teaching you and to acknowledge that I don't understand this stuff at all, but God taught me through his Holy Spirit. And now when we look at it, I just see these connections and these dots. And to me, it lights up like the hair on Mount Gilead, right? Like this he goat 
which by the way, if, if you go to YouTube and watch how a goat leads out, it's, they actually use goats often to lead out the sheep because goats, a he goat is a leader and he goes forth. So it's really, really cool that they use this hair to go forth as a leader, a, a leader who is free to run in the path of his commandments, in my opinion. I hope you see that all the way that, that God intends for you to see it. There's so much for our hearts here in this first verse of the fourth chapter of the Song of Solomon. Thanks for listening.